What's up? Thank you for tuning in here to Shooting the Schmidt. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith. Got a shorter podcast for you today. Only going to do two segments, so we're going to kick it off here with the NFL, the big three games coming up this Sunday, and then we're going to close it with some NBA. Going to talk about the Pelicans for a little bit. Should be a good show. Here we go. got a big NFL weekend coming up, so I've highlighted and circled what I think are probably the three biggest games of the weekend. We are going to hit on all of them. So to start it off, the most important game, I wouldn't say the most important game, but one of the most important games this weekend that I have written down here is the Jets and the Bills. Obviously, interdivisional matchup, Bills trying to hold on to the number one seed in the AFC, Jets trying to fight their way into a wild card spot, and here's the take. The Jets are definitely going to cover the 10-point spread. It currently sits at 10. It may move. I feel like it's going to sit here at 10, though. The Jets are definitely going to cover that, and do not be surprised if slash when the Jets beat the Bills on Sunday. Desperate teams like the Jets, who are fighting for their playoff lives this week, play with more urgency than teams like the Bills, who are very comfortably at the top of the AFC. Plus, the Jets know that they can beat the Bills. How do they know that? They did it once already this year with Zach Wilson, who threw for a whopping 154 yards. Now they've got a guy, Mike White, who can really sling it and definitely isn't afraid of this Bills team. And it's I think part of that is, you know, with Von Miller tearing his ACL and being out for, for the rest of the year, that definitely takes away some of the fear that you might have in this Bills defense. Like, that's one of the premier pass rushers in the league. I don't have to tell you that, though. You know all about Von Miller, right, and the type of player that he is. And so that takes away some of the fear factor. You don't have to worry about him coming off the edge. And on top of that, this Jets defense played really well the last time that they played the Bills. Okay, this is a Jets defensive line that is deep with pass rushers. I mean, they have they go like too deep at every position, bring four on, take four off, just rotating them in and out all game. So they constantly have fresh legs to go and get after Josh Allen, who is pretty much this Bills entire offense, right? So I really like the Jets here. Like I said, 100% covering the spread. If they lose by more than 10, I'll be really surprised. I don't care that it's on the road. Jets, they play in New York. They're used to the cold weather, so that shouldn't be as big of a factor. And this is my big swing of the week. I like the Jets to beat the Bills 24-20. to I think Mike White has a good game. I think he throws for over 250 yards, probably a couple touchdowns. Really like this Jets team. They're a lot of fun to watch. Some other games going on this week. Browns-Bengals. Bengals should handle the Browns. The Browns are intriguing to watch, especially with Deshaun Watson playing for them. Just kind of interesting to see kind of how he's going to get back into form. Cowboys-Texans. Cowboys should blow them out of the water. Vikings-Lions. If you haven't seen the line on this, oh my gosh. The Lions are favored to beat the Vikings. The 5-7 and seven Lions are favored to beat the 10-2 and two Vikings. Incredible. I think it speaks to, I guess, the amount of luck that Minnesota has had this year. They've won a lot of games by, you know, le- less than six points. This is a Lions team that's tough, physical, can really score the ball. Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch as well. Man, I saw that line. I was like, that's insane. Moving on, uh, Jaguars-Titans. Titans should win that one. Eagles-Giants. Eagles should blow the Giants out. Steelers-Ravens. I like the Steelers to actually win this one just simply because 
there's no Lamar Jackson suiting up for the Ravens, and he is... Like, that offense doesn't work without him. He's the only player in the league, except for maybe Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, who can run that offense. So I like the Steelers to win there. Chiefs-Broncos, who cares? Should be a blowout. Got flexed out of the Sunday Night Football spot for a reason. This brings me to my next big game. Buccaneers 49ers. This is probably not pinging your radar like it is mine. But here's the thing. These are two teams that are fighting to hold on to first place in their divisions. 49ers are only one game ahead of the Seahawks. And the Seahawks play the Panthers this week. And the Seahawks should beat the Panthers this week. That's what I would expect. And the Bucks are one and a half games ahead of the Falcons who are on a bye this week. And there's just so many questions surrounding this game that I feel like we're going to get answers to. What's Brock, Purdy gonna, what's Brock Purdy going to look like for the 49ers? Right, He came in last week, looked really good, but I feel like when you're a rookie and you get brought in in the middle of a game, your adrenaline's pumping, everything's moving really quickly, and you just kind of play. right? Whereas when you start a game, it's, just, it's a different feel. So I'm interested to see how Kyle Shanahan manages Brock Purdy and how they go about the offense, which now raises a bigger question. Christian McCaffrey's going to get more touches because of the Jimmy G injury. How is he going to hold up? Like, he's a guy, he's been hurt every year since he's come into the league. Part of the benefit of him being with the 49ers was he wasn't going to have as many touches. He had 25 touches last week. I'm expecting him to get 25 to 30 again this week because he's the best player on their offense. And having a young guy like Brock Purdy at quarterback... You don't trust him like Jimmy G to throw it, you know, 30 times, you know, and get the ball to Debo and uh, Ayuk and guys like that. So it's just much easier to turn around and say, here you go, Christian, go make a play, right? So I'm interested to see kind of how they manage, you know, his load and how much they're really going to put on his shoulders and whether or not his body is going to hold up. And then the thing with the Bucks is, is this offense ever going to stabilize and be, you know, consistent like we expect for a Tom Brady offense to be? Uh, the defense, I feel like, has played good enough for them to win. They played good enough against the Browns for them to win. Obviously, you know, they won last week. Tom Brady with the the, the two-minute drill to go win it. But is this offense going to stabilize? Because this is a really good 49ers defense. We're going to find out really quickly where this offense kind of stands after their two-minute drill from last week. I want to see this offense stabilize because Tom Brady running a clicking offense is really fun to watch. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I like the 49ers to win this game, though. I expect them to, tr- to cover the three and a half pretty handily. I like the 49ers to win 27 to 17. I just, I don't think that that Bucks offense is going to get going. And then finally, game of the week, flexed into the Sunday night football spot. We've got the Miami Dolphins traveling to the Los Angeles Chargers, aka what everybody has turned this into, Tua versus Herbert. That's what. That's what people want to talk. I think that's that's what people care about in this game, right? The fifth pick against the sixth pick. Justin Herbert sixth, Tua fifth. Did, did the Dolphins make a mistake? The answer is yes. Taking Tua over Herbert, yes. Hindsight's twenty twenty though. In the moment, Tua was the right pick. Now, I just want to make this clear because every time I get on Twitter, people are acting like this game is going to decide who the better quarterback is between Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert. Right, and I'm gonna tell you right now, this game is not going to decide who the better quarterback is because we already know who the better quarterback is. It's Justin Herbert. Okay, he's more mobile than Tua. He has a bigger, better arm than Tua, and he has better size. Like you can't deny these three things. Like just turn on the tape and watch Justin Herbert throw the football, and watch him easily drop a 60-yard bomb into the breadbasket, and then go watch Tua. Put his entire body into a 50-yard throw, okay? Like, 
these guys aren't the same when it comes to talent. It, they just aren't, okay? And I know Dolphins fans don't like to hear that, but that's the truth, okay? And to counter these three truths, to counter these three facts, that Herbert is more mobile with a bigger arm and just a bigger body in general, Dolphins fans and Tua fans in general love to throw out how many wins Tua has and how Tua has more wins than Justin Herbert. And I'm sorry, but the win stat for quarterbacks... It's not everything that it's cracked up to be. Wins don't tell you everything, okay? They just don't. And the reason why Tua has won more games than Justin Herbert is because Tua has had better coaches. It's simple as that. Brian Flores, if you, whether you like him or not, is a better coach than Brandon Staley, okay? Um, Mike, Mike McDaniel is a better coach than Brandon Staley. Okay, Brian Flores and Mike McDaniel are hands down better coaches than Brandon Staley and Anthony Lynn, the two coaches that Justin Herbert has had in his career. Okay? The two most important or, the two most important positions for an organization to figure out is the quarterback first and the head coach second. Okay? Like and there's so much truth in this. Okay, let's take a guy in Patrick Mahomes, one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen, currently the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think it's really close. Would he be the same quarterback if he was being coached by Nathaniel Hackett, you know, the guy who's in charge of the dumpster fire in Denver right now? Like, would he be the same quarterback if he was coached by Nathaniel Hackett as he is now because he's being coached by Andy Reid? The answer is no. Okay, he definitely wouldn't have as many wins. All right, who knows if he he would have a Super Bowl if he wasn't being coached by Andy Reid? Okay? Okay, it's, it's coaching. Okay, like, that's why Tua has more wins than Justin Herbert. It's simple as that, okay? Now, look, I'm not saying that two is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that wins don't mean anything. Because at the end of the day, as a quarterback, your job is to put your team in positions to win. And obviously, like, there's some skill in that. And you have to be good to win as many games as Tua has, okay? And like I said, I'm not saying Tua is a bad quarterback. Tua is a good quarterback with some limitations, okay? Like, that's just, that's what he is, okay? Like, we've seen enough of him. Like, he has limitations. He's not super mobile. He doesn't have a big arm. And he's a little small. That's okay. You can win with that. They've proved that this year. They're 8-4. and four. Okay? Uh, they've lost one game that he started and finished. I mean, like like I said, like they've proved that you can win with Tua. You can win with Tua. There's just some limitations. Whereas with Justin Herbert, there, just, there aren't as many limitations, right? Like, he can just do more because he's naturally more gifted than Tua is. And if slash when Justin Herbert gets a good head coach... You're going to see him do some really incredible things and win a whole bunch of games. Okay, I, I fully expect for Brandon Staley, if he's not out this year, it'll be soon if he doesn't get it turned around. I mean, they're currently 6-6. Six and six. They're absolutely loaded with talent. I know that they've had a bunch of injuries this year, but injuries are a part of the game. Okay, everybody's banged up. It's football. That's just kind of how it goes. So, once again, Dolphins Chargers does not decide who the better quarterback is because we already know. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up and finish it up. No no college football this week. Just not enough going on. Uh, I've kind of lost interest in the Heisman. It just doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to talk some NBA. Going to focus on the new, the new number one team in the Western Conference. Should be really good. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. I'm so excited to talk about this. I love it. When you can see a team's rebuild process pay off. And that is what we're seeing right now with your New Orleans Pelicans, who are currently the number one seed in the Western Conference as of today. Okay, when you look at their roster, 
it's really not all that surprising. Okay, like they are absolutely loaded. They have so many good players. Obviously, you got Zion, you got Brandon Ingram, you got CJ McCollum. Those are three all star level players. And then everyone else on their roster is good. They're all some sort of specialist, it seems like, right? So you got Trey Murphy the third. He can shoot it, man. He's shooting 41% from three on the season. You got Jonas Valachunas, who is a really good, really skilled big man. You got Herbert Jones, who's a high-level defender, especially for a guy who's only in his second year. You've got Jose Alvarado, who's a really good 3 and D guy. He's shooting 39% from three on the year. If you like, if you don't know that name, he's the guy who like hides in the corner and then sneaks up behind other guards and pokes the ball away and gets steals, right? Like that's what he does. He's just he's just a little pest. All right, I really enjoy watching him play. You got Larry Nance Jr. who can rebound and rim run. Like they have so many guys who can just do so many different things. I mean, like they they have the ability to match up well with just about everybody, right? Like they can go small, you can put Zion at the five, they can go big, put Zion and Jonas Valachunas and Herb Jones on the floor and Brandon Ingram on the floor. Like those are guys all six six and up. Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram possess a lot of length. Like they can go big, they can go small. They just have so many different lineup matchups that they can throw at you. They are really, really tough. And the big thing here is that Zion has stayed healthy. That is why this team is as good as they are. Like, that is hands down the biggest thing, okay? Zion's played 20 games this year of the 24. And in order for this to continue, obviously, Zion has to stay healthy, okay? Because Zion is not what makes this team good, okay? He's not. Like, that's just, that's not his role. Like, he's obviously a really good player, but... If the Pelicans didn't have Zion, they would be a really good basketball team with C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram and all the other pieces that they have. Zion is what puts them over the top. Zion is what takes them from really good team to we can win the NBA Finals. I believe that this team is that good. They defend at a high level. I really like their coach. And they've got three guys who can go get a bucket whenever you need them to. And C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson. And, you know, we kind of saw it in the playoffs last year. You know, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum both played well. Obviously, Zion was out with with the foot injury. And if they had had him in that Phoenix series, I think that they would have beaten Phoenix. Maybe I'm just saying that because they end, because Phoenix ended up being disappointing. But here's the thing, like, there is no one, no one in the league who can guard Zion. It is it is impossible. There's no way. Okay, he is 6'6, 284 pounds. Okay? Like, forget him being too big for guards, right? Because that's like, when you hear a guy that's kind of taller, uh, who's big like that, you immediately go to the hole. You know, he's too big for guards, and he's too quick for, you know, centers and power forwards to come and guard him. Forget that. Zion's too big for guards. He's too big for big men, okay? Like, there aren't very many guys walking around at 280 pounds in the NBA. Just not a thing, okay? Doesn't happen. Oh, by the way, he also has guard skills, and he's quicker than some of the guards in the league, and you can't foul him because he can make free throws, okay? He's shooting 72% from the free throw line this year, okay? And my favorite thing about him, this is such a key skill. If you're a kid and you're listening and you're like, man, I want to play in the NBA, how do I do that? Have the ability to play with the basketball, right? Like, that's important. You got to be able to dribble. You got to be able to pull on the floor to get to the bucket and score and do those things. But learn how to play without the ball. Because there's only one ball, okay? Like, only one guy is going to play with the ball in their hands, and the other four have to figure out how to play without the ball in their hands. And Zion is a guy who can do that really good in just kind of the dunker spot. 
He can screen and roll, and he can play make out of the role. I mean, he's just so versatile. He's a huge part of what they do, and as I said earlier, he is what makes them a championship a championship level team. Okay, he can do everything except for knock down threes consistently. Okay, but he doesn't have to because very similar to Giannis, Giannis is a guy who can get to the rim whenever he wants and then score over the top of people. Zion can do the same thing. Okay, he can get into the paint whenever he wants because of his handle. And, and score whenever because he just jumps over everybody. Like He is just such a superior athlete to everybody else. You know, everyone's really excited about Wimbam Yama, right? Like he's the best prospect we've seen since LeBron and all these different types of things. And I think people forget how excited people were about Zion when he came into the league. Okay, is it the same level as Wimbam Yama? Probably not, but still like it had this same feeling of man we've got a legit potential superstar here and then you know obviously Zion gets hurt you know there's word he doesn't want to be in New Orleans there's just a whole bunch of drama meanwhile we look over in Memphis and John Moran's going crazy and it's just kind of taking away some of the luster and some of the excitement that I feel like people had for Zion when he came into the league but look when Zion has been on the floor I mean he's just been incredible to watch okay and here's the thing as I'm talking about the Pelicans I haven't even talked about the matchup problem that Brandon Ingram is with his length and his guard skills. I mean, that's this is another guy. He can go get his shot whenever he wants. He can shoot over the top of smaller defenders. He can go by bigger defenders. I mean, he is just an absolute matchup nightmare. Like, the Pelicans should be one of the, if not the favorites, to win the West. Okay, they're currently plus 1,300 to win the Western Conference, which is so low. Like, the Mavericks have a better chance, according to FanDuel, of winning the Western Conference than the Pelicans do. And they're plus 3,200 odds to win it all, like to win the NBA Finals. And man, if I would get on either one of those, especially for them to win the West, because they are just, they they have everything you want, right? Like you've got your, your veteran guard and CJ McCollum, who's played in the Western Conference Finals, who's experienced a deep playoff run before, who can kind of lead the way, right? Like, he can hold the torch and have everybody else follow him. And then on top of that, they have the talent in guys like Zion and Brandon Ingram to take them over the top. Guys who can score. Guys who can go get you a bucket. And here's the thing. Zion, when he wants to, he can defend at a high level when he wants to. And obviously, when the playoffs come around, we're going to really see that. You know, a guy who can protect the rim, but who can also step out onto the perimeter and guard some quicker guys, right? And Brandon Ingram has improved... Uh, defensively quite a bit and obviously you know I mentioned Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado earlier um they're just they have everything that you're looking for in a team that can win a championship they've got guys who can shoot I mean they just they check every single box from just what I've seen and I'm really excited about this Pelicans team this is a team that you know gave up Anthony Davis and it has paid off tremendously Obviously, you know, when then you walk into the Zion Williamson pick and it's like, oh, this is even better, right? So, man, this is, this Pelicans team, man, they are fun. If you haven't taken time to watch them, like, go turn on League Pass, check the TNT schedule, watch this team play because they are so much fun. They have so much talent. They play well together. They move the basketball. I didn't mention this earlier, but talking about Zion doing everything, he's averaging his career high in assists right now. I mean, this team is a lot of fun. If you have time, watch this team play basketball. They are loaded with talent, and they play very well together. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
this came out a day late. Just life's a little crazy right now. Um, but I'll be back on Tuesday. Hoping to have my boy Cam on. Should be really good. Zach Gray is going to make an appearance here soon in the future as well to talk college football. Cannot wait to have those guys on. But now we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Thank you again for listening.